Well, as thank you, Caleb, for uh, opening us with a word of prayer. And uh, yeah, I'm going to open us with a word uh, from the Psalms this morning. So bear with me as I get organized here. Yeah. So Dan, uh, as Caleb said, Dan and a few men from the church are away. And so it gives him, um, <laughs> gives him freedom to say, hey, Amy, it's your turn. Come share. Um, so, and yeah. So this is my annual event, and so bear with me. Um, But yeah, let's open with God's word, Psalm 84. I'm just going to read it um, in the New Living Translation. It says, How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of heaven's armies. I long, yes, I faint with longing to enter the courts of the Lord. With my whole being, body, and soul, I will shout joyfully to the living God. Even the sparrow finds a home. And the swallow builds her nest and raises her young at a place near your altar. O Lord of heaven's armies, my king and my God, what joy for those who can live in your house, always singing your praises. What joy for those whose strength comes from the Lord, who have set their minds on a pilgrimage to Jerusalem. When they walk through the valley of weeping, it will become a place of refreshing for them. The autumn rains will clothe it with blessings, and they will continue to grow stronger and stronger, each, and each of them will appear before God in Jerusalem. O Lord of heaven's armies, hear my prayer. Listen, O God of Jacob. O God, look with favor upon the king, our shield. Show favor to the one that you have anointed. A single day in your courts is better than a thousand anywhere else. I would rather be a gatekeeper in the house of the Lord my God than live the good life in the homes of the wicked. For the Lord God is our sun and our shield. He gives us grace and glory. The Lord will withhold no good thing from those who do what is right. O Lord of heaven's armies, what joy for those who trust in you. It's a beautiful word. Yeah, a beautiful word from uh, the Psalms. And I just love that psalm. And um, yeah just what joy there is for those who trust in you. He offers, uh, he offers us sheer joy in him. So, um, yeah, good morning again. Uh, I, it's beautiful uh, weekend we were given, isn't it? I don't know who was out at Maple Fest, but I drove around Maple Fest um, because I had to get to my in-laws this, uh, yesterday. And uh, yeah, it seemed quite a crowd, and what a beautiful weekend. And it's so nice to see that spring is finally springing here in the north. Um, So my message this morning has a little bit to do with spring. Um, I like visuals, so I brought a visual with me, and David set this here for me. I don't know if everyone can see it, but I'll try to put it where you can see it. Oh, sorry, does that mess up the... Facebook Messenger. Yeah, we want the internet Facebook. to see it. Too. Yeah, okay. Yes. Yeah, this is a watercolor painting that was done for me, given to me um, last year by a friend. And if you can see, um, it's a picture of a bird, but not just any bird. It's the bird we see very commonly around here. Uh, it's a robin. Um, and he's taking off from this branch down here. But what you probably can't see in the picture is that um, around his little foot down here is a piece of a string. And then the other half of the string is on, on this branch, tied to this branch. And so it's actually a picture representing this bird who is tethered to the string, tethered to the branch, getting set free. He's free. He can fly again. 
And I don't know if you uh, have birds or I have chickens, but um, yeah, they, they like to try to fly. They, flying is their nature. And so this bird is getting set free. And this picture again was given to me as a reminder to me of what the Lord was doing in my life. So um, it speaks to me of a couple of years ago, like I said, this was from last year given to me. Um, God was really just working to set me free um, from thoughts and beliefs that were tethering me or keeping me from flying and being free in him. Uh, Some of the lessons that I learned in this season were uh, that I'm free to be me. I don't have to be you and you don't have to be me. (laughs) I'm free to be me. I don't have to try to be someone else or compare myself. Another lesson um, was that I was secure in his love. And I love the picture of um, a bird in her nest with her chicks under her wing. I'm secure in his love. I don't, I have the approval of my father. And so I don't need the approval of um, the people around me. And ultimately that his work in and through me is not dependent on me. That was very freeing, <laughs> very freeing indeed. I am under his grace. I'm under his grace. I will mess up. I will make mistakes. I will say the wrong things. I will do the wrong things. But if I am abiding in him and abiding in his word, um, he will lead me into truth, his truth. He will show me truth and he will give me the wisdom in this life to fly, to be free in him and to fly and navigate life. Um, So again, 2021, since then I've been soaring through life, enjoying the view. Um, But it was a season of learning my freedom in Christ. Uh, But I'm not at that season anymore. Um, Each new year, Um, God keeps us growing, and the seasons change, and as we see in Canada, the seasons change. And this picture is from 2021, and it's 2022 this year. So each new year in January, um, I ask the Lord, just in my prayer times with him, is there a theme for this year that you have for me? Is there a word? Is there something that you want me to focus on this year? And uh, as I would just read and pray um, the first few weeks of January, the word sing kept coming to my mind. And I was like, I don't sing. (laughs) I sing privately, but not, um, yeah, I'm not joining the worship team. I'm not cutting an album anytime soon. So don't hold your breath. Um, So, but I, I, it wasn't an audible voice that came to me. It was just a persistent thought that kept coming in prayer was the word sing. So I wrote it down, I tucked it away, and um, I just, yeah, tucked it away until recently um, it emerged. So when Dan asked me to share this morning, um, he gave me some direction, which I'm very thankful for. He asked me to ponder the time period between Easter, Jesus' death and resurrection, um, and the coming of the Holy Spirit, Pentecost. So I started digging, reading through the scriptures about this. And um, he, he said, just think about like what was happening in this time. Where were the disciples? What, what was happening with Jesus' followers? Um, what was happening in Jerusalem? So, so I started doing that. Um, and I learned a few things. I learned that this time period between Easter, what we call Easter, but what the Jewish nation calls Passover, um, and Pentecost was a very important time to, in the Jewish nation. Um, it's the time between two major festivals, um, not Maple Fest, uh, but <laughs> the Festival of Unleavened Bread, 
which was the commemoration of the exodus from Egypt, that the, uh, then when, when God brought the Jewish nation out of, out of Egypt, and they would commemorate it with the festival of unleavened bread, and it's also called Passover, and we know, um, we know that from the Old Testament. And the second festival, which is 50 days later, is called the Festival of Weeks, or Pentecost. And this was a festival where, um, the, where Jews would, would, again, go to Jerusalem, offer sacrifices of the first fruit of their crops. So they would have um, their first, the first little bit of wheat that had actually grown in the heads of the plants, and they would offer these sacrifices at Jerusalem. So um, that's the time period for the Jewish nation that, um, it's, that we're talking about um, right now. And it's 50 days from the Festival of Unleavened Bread to the Festival of Weeks. Um, Exodus 23, if you want to do a little research, Moses is the one who instated these festivals. And it says specifically that the reason God had them uh, celebrate these festivals was so that there would be certain specific times during the year where they would come to Jerusalem and honor God. So they were to commemorate um, what God had done. And so there would be lots of Jews in Jerusalem um, at both of these festivals. And God, in his sovereignty, uh, had Jesus die at Passover. So uh, he had died um, at Passover. He was arrested, crucified, rose three days later. And then Acts 1-3 gives us insight into what happens after that Passover. Um, Acts 1-3 says, During the 40 days after he suffered and died, he appeared to the apostles from time to time, and he proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive. And he talked to them about the kingdom of God. That's in Acts 1-3. Um, oh, I don't know if it made it up there or not. But yeah, so we know that uh, after his death and, and resurrection, he appeared to the apostles from time to time and proved to them that he was actually alive. My first thought was, wow, how gracious of God, <laughs> of Jesus, to stay here for another, 30, or another 40 days. <laughs> On earth when he had all of heaven and eternity to return to. Um, but if you, if you look through um, the Gospels, we, I just went through the Gospels and, and found the different interactions that he had. So these 40 days, Jesus was constantly interacting with his disciples. Um, we see in Matthew, the first people he appeared to were the women who were going to the tomb. They were headed there with their spices, ready to anoint his body. And uh, his body wasn't there. And then he appeared to them, and he said, "Go and tell the, the other disciples that I am uh, I'm alive." Um, in Mark, we have another account of the women, and learn a little bit more. Luke also details um, his interactions. The one, especially of the two men that were walking on the road to Emmaus, and Jesus joins them on their walk. And then at the breaking of bread, uh, he reveals who he is to them. And then John. Um, John tells us of how the disciples were cloistered in a room, um, afraid after his death and, he, and, and resurrection. And he appears to them, and specifically to Thomas, to show him that um, he, was, he was actually alive. He said, feel my body and feel my, um, see my wounds. And then um, also in John, uh, we have the breakfast on the beach that Dan talked about, if you were here last week. Dan shared some thoughts from Jesus' breakfast on the beach with his disciples. And finally, in 1 Corinthians 15, 15, we're told that he appeared to 500 disciples at once. So, 
there is lots of evidence for Jesus being alive after his, uh, after his death and resurrection. And there were lots of interactions to prove that he was alive. And again, I thought that's so gracious of the Lord to do that. Because the, the disciples had just come through a very, very fearful time. They had just come through, um, yeah, they had been following this rabbi, this teacher, who said he was the Messiah. Were they sure he was the Messiah? Sometimes they thought he was, sometimes they weren't sure. He had told them things that would happen. And even um, at his, we know from Easter, right, his, his arrest and, and death, they all fled. They were terrified. And I think I put myself in those shoes. I would be terrified. Um, and so they were full of fear. And then even after he is resurrected and starts appearing to them, again, you're in a locked room, closed doors, everything, and all of a sudden someone shows up. Put yourself in those shoes. Terrifying. And, and so there, there's a lot of fear. And so in my mind, I feel like these, these 40 days that he spent were just to keep, I'm here. I did what I said I was going to do. I'm... I'm really who I am, or who I said I am. And it was just a strengthening of the disciples in this time period of, um, of quelling their fears, of helping them grow in their faith. And um, yeah, just a real uh, time for that. But then Jesus knew he couldn't stay. He said, I have to return to the Father. And so um, in Luke 24, I don't know if we can pull that up too, but Luke 24 49 to 53, um, it was time after 40 days for Jesus to depart. And he says in verse 49, um, And now I will send the Holy Spirit, just as my Father promised. Stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. Then Jesus led them to Bethany, and lifting his hands to heaven, he blessed them. And while he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up to heaven. And so they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem filled with great joy. And they spent all of their time in the temple praising God. So Jesus is gone. He's no longer physically there. They can no longer eat with him. They can no longer talk freely with him. I like to put myself in, those, in, these, in these stories like, okay, but I know, that he, I know that he is the Messiah. I know he's the Savior of the world. They knew they knew without a shadow of a doubt that he was who he said he was and that he keeps his promises. And he had promised that he would rise again, and he did. So the last 10 days, so Jesus is gone physically, and they still have 10 days. And he tells them, go to Jerusalem and wait there. And again, Jerusalem's starting to fill up because the Festival of Weeks is coming. Pentecost is coming. Jerusalem is starting to fill up with people again. And I always think, yeah, was there a little trepidation? And, like, the last time we were in Jerusalem, it was awful. <laughs> like, he was taken. He was crucified. He, um, yeah, it was, it was a lot of hard things. But I, I think this time it says they went. They went. They obeyed. They stayed there. And I love verse 53 here. Gives us a glimpse into what they did in the last 10 days before Pentecost. It says, and they spent all of their time in the temple praising God. They spent all of their time in the temple praising God. So it seems that there's not as much fear. There's, they are full of faith at this, at this time 
They spent all their time in the temple praising God. They were joyful. They were thankful. They were expectant. They were hopeful. They wanted just to thank God for what he had done in sending the Messiah. And uh, this is what the disciples were doing before Pentecost. They, had a pro- they have a promise from Jesus because before he left, and I think I left that out of my reading, but I meant to. Yeah, no, I didn't. Um, he said, stay there until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power. That is the promise that he gave them. He said, go, wait, and I will uh, send the Holy Spirit, the promise of the Holy Spirit to you. So they have this promise from Jesus, but they don't, they don't know exactly what it will look like. They don't know what to expect, but they are expectant. They are full of faith. So what does that have to do with a bird? Um, You're probably wondering. (laughs) Back to the bird and the word that the Lord gave me for this year. Um, The word sing. And as I pondered the excitement and expectancy and hopefulness and faith of the disciples, the word sing started coming to mind again. Because I believe that this year for me, the Lord has told me, that it's a year to praise him in anticipation, just like they were doing before Pentecost. They were in the temple praising God, worshiping him, thanking him, hopeful, expectant of what he was going to send to them. They knew it would be good. It wouldn't be easy necessarily because what they had just been through, they they knew it wouldn't be easy, but they knew it was good. And they were expectant and hopeful and praising him and That's what I believe, for me, the Lord has been sharing, is that we, as his body of believers, as his disciples in 2022, can be expectant and hopeful, and we can sing, and we can praise um, in anticipation, because God keeps his promises. When the kids were little, we had this book called the, um, the Promise Book, I think they might remember, and there was little actions, and you said things, and one of them was, God keeps his promises to me, what he says will come to be. And I always think that when I start to doubt. Um, He keeps his promises to me, and uh, that was the disciples. They were sure that he was going to keep this promise. So they they could praise him, and we can praise him with joy. Um, And But one thing with sing, like I said, I'm not going to join the worship team. I'm not going to cut an album. I... I am not a normally vocal person, so this is a challenge to me. I can go a whole day without talking and be perfectly happy um, because I am constantly thinking in my head. Maybe some of you are like that, maybe not, but um, I'm not a natural praiser. I'm a thinker, Um, and like I said, I'm not naturally vocal, so it requires me to open my mouth and speak, and that is... um, That's an act of faith for me. That is an act of faith. Um, But praise requires that. Praise requires us to open our mouth to speak forth what God has put in our heart. It's like letting the flood waters out. Um, But it does something in us. Um, And so I'm learning this this year. I'm not there yet. Um, But when I choose to open my mouth and praise, I've noticed two things are happening in me. Um, I'm being strengthened as I open my mouth and praise, and I can feel God's strength. Um, and all the fear and anxiety just poof. It's like not immediate. It sometimes may take longer. It depends on what the fear is. But it, it diminishes the fear. And I think of Paul and Silas in jail. Like 
Again, put yourself in their situation. You're in jail. And and what did they do? They sang. They sang hymns. They sang choruses. They sang. They're they're singing. And and I really believe that that was um, the purpose of praise is to strengthen us so that we feel strengthened in the Lord. Think of David, all the psalms he's written, songs, praising God. It strengthened him in the Lord, I'm sure, at the times where he was fearful and weak. So praise, again, opening my mouth and uh, being strengthened by him. And then the other thing I notice, and maybe you don't, maybe your kids, but I, I sing at home sometimes. I'm, I'll, I don't listen to a lot of worship music. I, I sing it because it's constantly in my head. So it comes out, and, and then I'll notice that maybe I'll hear somebody else in the house singing the same song. Or um, I, it encourages the people around you um, when you praise when you step out and open your mouth and praise, it really strengthens those around you and encourages them as well. And so, again, this has been a challenge for me, um, but I want to encourage you um, in this practice of praise, vocal praise, opening your mouth. And it doesn't have to be shouting. or It's, it's in the Psalms. It's all sorts of ways. People praise in dance. People praise in music. Um, but, uh, yeah. Just an encouragement to praise. So, again, even if it's not natural, it's, uh, it's an encouragement to speak forth what's in your heart to God. So, um, again, it's 2022 and a new season for me. And Joy painted me a watercolor. Joy did me a watercolor to go along with this one. So this was last year's season. And this year's season is the same bird. It's the same bird, no strings, resting peacefully on the branch. Resting peacefully on the branch. But um, this is a bird uh, perched on a branch at dawn, um, awaiting. And so this is a picture that I have in my mind when I think of praise is this bird. And we are so blessed to have birds like around everywhere. I was out very early because my dog was up early. And I was up very early, right at at dawn, and the first thing I heard when I opened the door was a morning dove cooing. And um, so this picture that Joy made for me is is a bird perched on a branch at dawn, awaiting and anticipating the sunrise, with a song of praise on its lips, expectant of the coming day. And so I'm thankful for that. Um, And that's my word for this year, that we as God's church as his bride can be expectant of the coming day there's things that god has promised each of us there's personal promises that he's given to each of us there's corporate promises that he's given to our church to our body and to our community and there's the universal promise of he is the king of the universe he will return the promise of his return and so i just want to encourage you to sing to praise to worship in expectancy in joy and hopefulness. Let's sing with our mouths open and, and uh, in praise and expectancy for what he will do because God does keep his promises. No matter how dark it gets, and we read Psalm 84 this morning, even when we're walking through the valley of weeping and mourning, we can still open our mouth to praise him. We can still open our mouth to praise him. And sometimes that's what it takes is just speaking out that praise. Thank you, God. You're with me, God. But 
I encourage you and myself to speak it, to open our mouths, to, to praise God with our lips. Um, and it will affect not only us, but the world around us. And so, yeah, that's my word for you this morning. Sing in expectancy, be that bird. Yes, and we all sound a little different. Don't worry about uh, <laughs> how we all sound. But when we all come together and sing, it's a cacophony of beauty. You listen to the birds in the morning right now, and there's the morning dove, and then there's the robin, and then there's the blackbird, and you hear them all together, and it's just they're just praising God. They're doing... they. The word says that if, they, if, if we don't praise him, the rocks will cry out, the birds are singing, the trees are worshiping God. I'm not into crazy, like, anyway. I'm just saying that creation praises God. Creation praises its creator. And so we, uh, we can join with all creation in praising him in expectancy and hope. So, yeah, I just want to pray for us, and then Caleb's going to come and lead us in communion. So... Lord Jesus, we're just so thankful, so thankful that we can praise you. We thank you for your grace to us, Lord. There's nothing like it. Lord, we thank you for your word. The promises in your word are true. Lord, what you said you would do, you will do, Lord. Help us, Lord. Help us to praise you. Open our, help us to open our mouths in faith and let you fill it with the joy of the Lord. Lord, may our our lips continually praise you. May our hearts be set on you. Lord, help us to look upward and outward throughout our days, expectant of what you will do each day. Lord, because you are our God, you are our hope, you are our Savior. Yeah, we worship you this morning, Jesus. We thank you. We praise you, Lord. And we look forward to uh, when you do come for your bride, when you come for us. Lord, we look forward to the day that we can praise you and we can be in the full fullness of your presence. Lord, there will be nothing like it.